Once those pads come on, Tevin Jenkins is a son of a bitch. <laughs> here. Here. <laughs> oh, that was good. There is that the Bears offense is just like Tony's Wi-Fi, which is uh, struggling. Um <laughs> Welcome to the Irish Bear Show. I just love the intro just for watching ants in the background. It's a lot of fun. Look, it is, it is the busy period. We are finally here about a couple of days out from free agency. We've just finished the combine. Lots of rumors swirling. And we have our good friend Jeff on from the Bears blog. Jeff, first of all, it's been a while. How are you doing? I am doing very well. I, I, I am uh, completing my master's degree in film studies at a little place. That's New York University right there. Here in lovely Washington Square Park, there are four men just walked by me, all smoking weed at the same time, and I'm quite literally high now. Uh, so what I say for the next half hour, I can't really attest to, because I haven't smoked weed in a long time, and I am fully high right now. <laughs> That's definitely uh, Jeff in the in the back of making excuses for whatever he says now. <laughs> I'd like to set the stage properly. <laughs> Look, we, we will get, we'll get into it right away. Look. I wanted to start off, first of all, lots of conversations about kind of trades after the combine. A lot of people kind of say what they want to happen. Some people want to go back with the Texans. Some people then want to trade again. Others just want a boatload of picks for Carolina. I guess, first of all, question to you is if I know you mentioned kind of a couple of months ago, slightly that maybe Tennessee is an option. What have you heard over, I guess, the last couple of weeks in terms of some of those teams that are viably in for possibly moving up for the Bears? So the, 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 the number one thing I heard in the weeks leading up to the Combine was the Bears are not going to make a deal. They had an offer from Carolina. They had an offer from Tennessee. But they were not going to make a deal because I was told by several people that Anthony Richardson was going to test through the charts at the Combine and they thought the pick would actually go up in value after the combine. That is, I have very smart friends. That is exactly what happened. And now the pick has a bit of a different tenor to it because no longer are teams looking at Stroud and Young and saying, who is the most ready? Who is the guy that can step in day one and and be a productive NFL quarterback? Now the conversation is, is this kid worth the colossal risk of going up and get, getting the number one pick and sending him for a year or two, he's a project. I, I don't see any scenario where Anthony Richardson starts day one. But now you, you enter teams into the fray that might not have been in the fray. A, an o- uh, Oakland, a Los, a Las Vegas Raiders team that's probably going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo for a year or two, would they want to develop him? Um, would Seattle, who's now signed Geno Smith for a couple of years, would they want to develop him? And now the new rumor that's out there is that uh, Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard are seriously considering Anthony Richardson and may try to move up for him. So until the combine was completed and those tests happened for Richardson, there was really nothing to go on in terms of the value of the pick. The value of the pick now is extraordinary. And 
I see almost 0% chance the Bears pick at one. And the question will be now, how long will Poles wait? How how patient will he be? Because, I and, I and he said it, and I've confirmed it with people inside the building. He wants this done before free agency starts. He wants to know what he's working with, at least in an initial trade back. I, I don't. He, I don't think that would that would preclude him from trading again when we get to the draft. But I think he wants to know about what he's looking at because I think he'd be happy going back to four and saying, you know what, I can get a defensive lineman there, or going back and knowing he's going back to seven or eight and knowing, okay, I'm going to get an offensive lineman there. It'll it'll drastically alter what he does in free agency. And when you have the number one pick and the most cap space, let's be honest, they are the story now for the next two and a half months. They they can dictate to this league how they how they act will dictate how this league acts. So yeah, I, I think now that Richardson has tested through the roof, Richardson is going in those first three or four picks. The question will be now, what does Poles want? What's he willing to accept to make the move now instead of waiting till April? And sorry, Jeff, just talking about teams that are kind of interested in making that move, does the Lamar Jackson situation kind of throw any kind of anything in flux there now? Because are there any teams that may have been looking to talk to the Bears now thinking, well, hang on, let's see if we can make a run at Jackson for us. And if Jackson takes long to decide, does that kind of throw timelines off a bit for the Bears? From, from what I've been, listen, I, I spent some time this morning trying to siphon through all this Lamar Jackson shit because I, it's, a, it's a kind of a wild scenario. And... What I'm hearing from my friends in, in the league is that his behavior at the end of last season just rubbed too many people the wrong way. I'll tell you a story that I heard was that one team that was interested in Lamar called the Ravens and basically said, what the fuck is going on? And they were told by somebody very high up at the Ravens, you don't want this. You don't want to deal with this. And I, I just think a player like Lamar, who, yes, has been productive, but not a particularly productive passer in his career. I don't think these teams are eager to give up multiple first round picks and hundreds of millions of dollars to make a move like this. I keep seeing the comparison to Russell Wilson. The Russell Wilson trade is a cautionary tale. It was terrible. Pointing to that trade and saying, well, it's happened before. Yeah, it happened before. It was a disaster. And I just, I think Lamar is going to end up playing for the Baltimore Ravens next year, unless a team like Atlanta says, you know what, we're not getting our guy in this draft. He's worth two picks and $200 million. But I think generally the, that's not where the league is. The league wants these cheap rookie quarterbacks in those first five years where they can build a team around them and try to win a championship. And Lamar makes you give up not only the picks, but the money. And there's just very few teams that are interested. I think – just going on what you said there at the start, Jeff, you spoke about Ryan Poles and what is he going to do. What's your take on how Ryan Poles has handled the last couple of months since <laughs> since we got the first round pick? There's been people saying really, really good things and all this kind of stuff. Is is that what you're hearing, that he's handled this really well? Or is there something you'd be like, oh, I wish he hadn't have said that or I wish he hadn't have gone down that road? I, I do think it's kind of interesting that he's taken the approach in the last few weeks that he's taken, which is to say, hey, not only is this thing for sale, but here's what I want. You know, I'm getting a one next year. I'm getting a one the year after that. It's a bold strategy. Uh, if you listen to Peter King, and Peter King is as locked in as anybody on this thing, I think Poles knows he's going to get a lot. 
And what he's trying to do now is convince the teams who want to move up from a little bit later in this draft. I think he knows he can get a deal from the Colts. But he's trying now to fish for a deal from the nine spot, from the seven spot, from even low teams and say, if you want to make this move, if you want to come up with this number one pick, it is for sale. But, but this is the cost. And if the Tennessee Titans, who are clearly you know, rebuilding their franchise, want to move up and, and, make, and make the first pick in this draft, that's polls telling you, I'll make the deal with you. You, you give me a boatload of picks this year, you're one next year, you're one the year after that, and we're, we're making deals here. So I think Polls knows who's already on the table, and he's trying to bring a few more suitors into the discussion. And we know what that does? Then he can turn into Indianapolis and say, listen, they're offering me a one in 25. You throw your one in next year, a two next year, a two in 25. I'll make the deal with you. It's, it's a bold strategy, but I think when, when you have quarterbacks in a draft like this, it doesn't matter. Teams get gaga over quarterbacks, and Poles just has to sit, be patient, and the deal's going to come to him. And I'm, I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened already. It's Wednesday now. I'll be surprised if a deal's not made before the end of the week, because I do think he wants to go into that negotiating period Monday uh, knowing what he needs. Yeah, and I guess one of the that was one of the questions where a bunch of people have asked that if you believe that that does happen before free agency. But how important do you think that he gets – exactly what he wants here because this is going to be his first major move where you're slowly actually rebuilding this team we always said last year was kind of like the teardown and now it's the building up of this team how important do you think it is not only for him as the gm in terms of for the fan base but actually for how people view him around the nfl because this is a a big trade that he's going to make going to make you mentioned it it was impressive in terms of what he came out with and saying I'm getting a 2024 first. I'm getting a 2025 first. How important do you think this deal is actually going to be when you look at Ryan Poles into the future? Well, listen, no matter what he does, there's going to be half of the social media world that says he got fleeced <laughs> and half of the social media world that says he did brilliantly. I, I think it's far less important what he gets in this deal in terms of picks and far more important what he gets in this deal in terms of players. I, I go yeah. back to this every year and I have these debates with people all the time. It doesn't matter if you have six picks in the top 70 if you're shitty at picking players. Look at what the Jets did last year. Just just look at that draft that they had last year, and they they, they revamped an entire franchise in two nights, right? Yeah. In, in a, on a Thursday and a Friday evening in the early spring, they revamped their entire franchise. What's going to be important for Ryan Poles here is, listen, he doesn't want to pick first. He wants more picks. This team needs a lot. They're the worst team in the league. They need a lot of stuff. So get as many picks as you can. But what's going to be important for him moving forward is if he's going to add picks in 24 and 25, he's got to show that the picks he gets in 23, that he knows what to do with them. I thought he had a good draft last year. He needs another good draft. The team needs to show improvement because if all of a sudden the 2023 Bears are 7-8-9 win team, competing for a division title now in a division without Aaron Rodgers. And adding a boatload of picks in 24. That's how you build franchise momentum. That's how you change the entire tenor around a team. And he has that opportunity now. But um, I don't, you know, I hear all these fans who say, I want this, that, this, that, this. I don't really care what he gets. He's going to get a lot. Everyone gets a lot when they trade these picks. But I hope the picks he does end up with, especially in 2023, he's got to turn those, no matter what, into good players. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, guys, everybody that's listening, make sure that you like the video. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. It, look, one of the other things that some people have been asking in the comments as well, Jeff, is if you had a hunch in terms of the main team that's interested right now, where if you had to put money on it on what team you think that would trade up with the Bears, because as you said, maybe by the end of this week, if Poles actually makes that trade, which team do you think is most likely that the Bears trade down with? So my old friend Chris Ballard used to. I'm just kidding. I hate Chris Ballard. So Chris Ballard <laughs> in uh, uh, Chris Chris Ballard in Indianapolis has been the most gutless general manager in the sport since he took over that franchise. And they're still using Andrew Luck as an excuse. Andrew Luck, I believe, retired from the league 45 years ago, and they're still trying the retread thing. And Ursay simply had enough. I, I can't imagine Ursay is going to let another team jump to number one and then lose two quarterbacks that he could potentially want. I, I just don't see it happening. And and by the way, let's let's not stop there. A team could then jump to three. When I mean, you're looking at a scenario where the Colts could look, be looking at the fourth pick and the fourth best quarterback in the draft, their fourth rated quarterback in this draft, that team and that franchise more than maybe any in the league and I would argue more than any in the league, need a young hope at the position. They need somebody to be the face of that franchise. They can't keep rolling out 40-year-old or 35-year-old white dudes who can't move. It's, they have to make the move. And I think ultimately it's, it's Ryan Poles' biggest weapon here is he knows that the Colts have to make the move. The other team, and a couple weeks ago I tweeted this out. I, I, I sort of polled my friends and I said, who makes the first pick? And weirdly enough, they all came back and said Houston. And so I don't think that's still the case because I think Houston likes Bryce Young, and I don't think Bryce Young is going to go number one. So I think Houston will play the slow game here. We'll wait this out. We'll be very happy if Bryce Young is there with the second pick in the draft, and that's where they'll pick. I think it's going to be the Colts, and I'm, I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that's do you to me. That's that... that's crazy. Sorry, Ant, for me, that's crazy because watching them all year, it's it's kind of that whole thing falling in love with the tools and the workout, and rather than going back and kind of watching it, we've seen this year after year after year. And yeah, to me, I just find that it's I, I've seen plenty of people saying that as well that he's one of the guys. I think he was like a bookie's favorite today that he was going one. And all I wrote down was wild because he's, I, he's jumping I big time. And the, the betting markets have moved him up big time. Listen, it's as simple as this. If you're Steichen and you've just had the success you've had with Jalen Hurts, you're looking at Anthony Richardson and saying, okay, this is Jalen Hurts, quote unquote, on steroids. I mean, this is Jalen Hurts bigger, Jalen Hurts faster, Jalen Hurts with a stronger arm. Now, is he Jalen Hurts? We don't have any idea. I would say this. If Shane Steichen thinks he's going to go into next year with Anthony Richardson as a starting quarterback, that could be a disaster. So there might be another shoe to drop where they have someone start the season, some veteran guy. I don't know, did Jacoby Brissett sign somewhere? He's always the fallback option for like 31 team. Brian Hoyer's out there. You can always do that shit again. Um, so I listen, if I were the Colts, I would trade up and take C.J. Stroud. I think he's going to be the most polished guy coming in. I think he could start for you day one. I think he can sort of put some juice back in that franchise. But, man, this Richardson stuff, I started hearing it, like, early February, and I said I watched one of the games he played, and, you know, look, he didn't look particularly good. And I'm saying, all right, well, if, if, you, if you believe that much in the athleticism, 
that this guy's going to turn into a, a freak NFL player, I guess it's worth the risk. So I, I would say Colts. And my wild card is if the Carolina Panthers and Frank Reich look at C.J. Stroud and say, that's that's the guy to run. You know, the Reich offense is drop back, accuracy, roll out, power run, all those things. You know, he's not a running quarterback guy, and Stroud is not that. So if the Carolina Panthers view C.J. Stroud as, as a frontline NFL starter, I would not put it past David Tepper and Frank Reich to come up and make that move. And also the part I love about this, the number one pick, first of all, whenever we talk about the international Colts, I always talk about that cornerback who couldn't catch anything to save his life. Let it go through his hands, resulting in the Texans scoring a touchdown to win the game. He should get a he should get a Hall of Fame Chicago Bears medal. And um, the other thing I was gonna say is panic. The pure and utter panic that is being created uh, amongst GMs at the moment because of the amount of people that want their quarterback and want who it's going to be. Um and it's at this stage that I'm really intrigued about what Poles does and how he how he focuses on what he, what he looks at. Is there a conversation at all that you think is viable where he goes to the Colts, let's use that example, he goes to the Colts, he takes a four, um, that anybody else is looking at a Will Anderson, for example, and sees one, two, and three as being quarterback, 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 now see Will Anderson available at four, and that the Bears could go and take. If that's the case, how far back do you think the Bears will go? Is it a case they stop at Tennessee at 11? Or is it somewhere that they, they think maybe, you know what, 12, 13, 14? What's the, what do you think, in your own opinion, the magic number is to, to drop back to? I don't think there is one. And I know Polls said he had seven guys evaluated highly. I, I think it's all horseshit from Polls. I think Polls would go back as far as people are willing to come up. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't put it past Polls to trade back to nine, trade back to 14, to keep trading back. I think he wants to accumulate a ton of picks. And I, and I, I actually do believe that when Poles says he's not going to go crazy in free agency and start you know, handing out ludicrous contracts, I think he feels that way about the draft. Uh, this team needs a lot. And if he goes to four, uh, just let's just do the hypothetical. He goes back to four. Quarterbacks go one and two. Now you have Seattle at five. Every team that says, hey, that third quarterback's our guy is calling who? They're calling polls. They're not going to call Arizona. They know Arizona's not taking a quarterback. They're going to try to move to four. So he's got a huge value there for every team that wants to jump Seattle, including Seattle, who might say, all right, if we want to take a quarterback here, let's take him. It's going to cost us. We've got to move up one spot. So, listen, I, I think his dream scenario is that – he trades back a bunch and ends up as one of these mysterious seven guys, hopefully for him a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. But um, I don't put it past him to trade and trade and trade and trade and just keep accumulating picks and, make, and take as many players in this draft as he can. They have resources to improve this team. I don't think he will have a hard, uh, definite number where he says, seven, I don't want to go any further than seven. If somebody from 11 wants to come to 7, he's going to 11. So, uh, and, and I've just been told he has a big picture view of this franchise and an accurate one. They are not close. They are a good offseason from being mediocre. So I do not see this franchise saying, hey, 7s are, well, I can't go all lower than 7. Oh, we can't lose this coin flip from this school. What if we lose this coin flip from this school? None of these guys are guaranteed anything. So uh, I do not think he has a ceiling. And I think you're going to see that on draft line because I, I think no matter what he does with his first pick, he is not done.
Yeah, and look, one of the other key elements of this, we are now just a couple of days away from, I guess, the unofficial start of free agency, which is Monday. Um, and then the official one where they can actually officially sign the guys is Wednesday. I know a lot of people are looking at kind of the right tackle market, a lot of people looking at some of the defensive tackles. I know people kind of were losing kind of their hair over Saquon Barkley getting tagged in New York, but then there's a lot of options out there. I guess two questions to you. Who is it that you want to see the Bears target, whether that be a particular player or position? And have you heard any links to any potential free agents for the Bears? They're doing a ton of work on Hargrave. They're doing a ton of work on the right tackles. So um, I would not be surprised to see them make a huge offer to Hargrave and bring Hargrave in. He fits everything they want to do defensively. There's a little bit of turmoil in the building. This is something I have not seen reported anywhere, but I, I can give you this guy's first hand. There's a little turmoil in the building about the, the linebacker, uh, what's it, Okereke from Indianapolis. I think Flus wants him. I don't think Poles values him. And I think they're having, uh, listen, they're already talking to these agents. So I think they're not going to break the bank on an off-ball linebacker after letting one of the best off-ball linebackers in the league leave last offseason. Uh, but I think Flus is fighting for him, and he wants him here. And I think when you have this much cap space, you're, you'll be okay if that contract is in the 60, 70 million range because you're still saving 30 or 40 off what Roquan was going to get. McGarry is interesting. So is Orlando uh, Brown in, in Kansas City. And one thing I was mentioned to me today as I was floating things out was Orlando Brown wants to be a left tackle, wants to stay a left tackle, <laughs> but Ryan Poles has a relationship with him. And it would be very interesting to see if Poles could get to Orlando Brown and say, we're moving you to the right side. Because that would be, I think, a natural position for him, and he would fit there. Now, you don't get paid the same on the right side. So it'll, it, that's going to be a, a money issue for him. But I think Poles is, is, is really zeroed in right now on the two lines. I think he knows he needs to add serious, serious impact players on both lines in free agency. But I do not think, other than maybe a Hargrave and maybe a McGarry, I don't think he's going to break the bank and, and sign somebody. And people are going to go, well, where did that number come from? I think he's going to be very patient in free agency. Uh, but they will look to add impact players on their lines very quickly and then then simply sit back and, and surf the market. I guess one of the questions that a lot of people have spoken about as well, um, because it seems to be a weak kind of free agent class at, at receivers, how realistically do do they get better on offense? You Obviously, you've mentioned some of the guys in the line, but it seems likely that they will bring in a right tackle, regardless of who that will be. Fans will will fight whether they want Orlando Brown to move over, whether they want McGarry, whether they want Juwan Taylor, whether they want Mike McGlinchey. But how do you think they're actually going to be able to improve on offense here? Do you think a lot of it, it it's people are going to have to be patient and wait for the draft? Or do you think that we can come away after free agency and be like, no, the offense got better? Um, I think it'll be very hard after free agency to think that there's significant talent improvements on offense, specifically at the skill spots. Listen, someone's going to pay Jacoby Myers. I don't think I would want to be the team that does. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a game-breaking player. I'm much more interested to see what Chase Claypool looks like with a full off season with Justin Fields, with a healthy Darnell Mooney with him, start adding these pieces together, start giving some time together. I do think these right tackles are poised 
to make a lot of money here. And the Bears are desperately in need of a right tackle. You know, John Wood on our site did a really good breakdown the last three days of the offensive line and their and their blocking tendencies. And Braxton Braxton Jones got very got uh, was well improved the second half of the season. Tevin Jenkins was too, but they were a they were a, a sieve at right tackle. They were a brutal. That was maybe the worst position on the roster outside of interior defensive line. And I think you're going to say, okay, Mike McGlinchey or McGarry, you're overpaying them. But what does that mean? Because you have the money. And if that's the going rate to stabilize a position, you might not be adding a superstar, but to stabilize your biggest position of need, there's serious value there. Just giving this quarterback more time to throw the ball will improve them. But I don't think we're going to come out of free agency and go, oh, here they come. They're going to be the, uh, you know, the 99 Rams. Like that's, that's not going to happen. We're going to need a full draft and probably another offseason to see a serious talent increase because it's a bad free agent class. And unlike the last few years, it doesn't seem like these star receivers are available. You know, the T. Higginses of the world, they've been getting traded every year. And, you know, Cincinnati came out and basically said, hell no, we, we're not dealing them. Now, maybe that changes on draft night. Maybe they, they start seeing that they can't come to a contract agreement in the near future and they deal them. That was sort of a great scenario that the Bears could explore. But, no, I, I think I think it's going to be incremental here in free agency and then the draft. And then you're going to look and see what this team is in the summer. And, and next offseason really is the one where you, you make the attacking move. So what the Eagles did for A.J. Brown, that kind of move. What the Dolphins did for Tyreek Hill. That's, next offseason is when you make that move and say, we're taking the leap into the top you know, tier of NFL offenses. Just on the offensive line that you, you were speaking about, Cody Whitehair is the kind of guy that kind of polarizes people within the Bears fan base. So some like him, some don't. Some look at his cap, his cap value or whatever the money he's going to get now. And then they're looking at left guard. Is there a conversation around that you've heard around Cody Whitehair, whether that we see him moving into center or whether that's something that he that the Bears are like, no, 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 he's our left guard going into next year? Or is there a conversation potentially that you could bring in someone like a Ben Powers or a Salano or whatever, just to bring in there to to try and replace Cody Whitehair with? Well, they, they need to add uh, on the interior of the offensive line, no matter what. I, I don't think they are in any way, and, and I've tried to confirm this independently over the last few days, they're in no way penciling in or penning in Cody Whitehair as a starter this year. And I still think he's a potential cap casualty in the next month or two. But I think they're waiting to see what this free agency, how this shapes up, but also waiting to see what kind of a pick accumulation they're going to have for this draft, if, if they if they look up in a week or two and they've got four second round picks or something wild, yep. they're gonna let, they're gonna let Cody Whitehair go and say we'll find his replacement in the second round. So I, I think it's 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 too early, and it's what's so strange about having this number one pick. Thank you, Houston. It's so it's too early to decipher exactly what the plan will be until this first pick shakes out. And listen, Whitehair had a down year, but he's been hurt. He's been hurt a lot. You know, Tevin Jenkins has been hurt a lot. Lucas Patrick was hurt all year last year. They had so many injuries on the interior of the line, but they need to get younger in there. You know, they need to add these guys in the second and third round who come in and be five-year starters. And I, I think polls will target that in the draft. Uh, my guess is that Cody Whitehair, if they can keep him, and they have the money to keep him, so I don't think they're going to cut him. If they can keep him, what a luxury that would be to have a guy that can play all three interior positions in a sort of uh, as a sort of flex interior lineman, 
Uh, I think they know his value. I think he's a good leader. So I don't think they're going to cut him until they are sure they don't need him. Yeah. Look, guys, there's over 300 of you in the chat. Please do like the video. I think there's about 47 likes, so make sure you do that. Look, last couple of questions for you, Jeff. Um, One that has been asked, obviously, a lot with a lot of these kind of recent running backs getting franchise tagged in Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley is the update of if David Montgomery, is there's if there's an avenue that he comes back to Chicago or is it just they're going to go for someone that's not going to cost the same level and then draft somebody in this kind of stacked running back class. And like you said, there could be a lot of picks coming for the Bears, so they might be able to improve in that scenario. Where where are you on this? Do you think there's an avenue for Montgomery to come back to the Bears? Yes, I do. Uh, I, what I was told is that it's not contentious, that it's not like you know, Montgomery's people and the Bears have been at each other's throats about this. They're just simply not very close on numbers. And I think this is healthy for Montgomery. I think they're going to let him go to free agency. They're going to see how the league values him. Uh, I was I was shocked. I mean, I shouldn't say I was shocked, but I was surprised to see the franchise tag being doled out now to running backs, to three high-profile running backs uh, this offseason. It's perhaps a new way to go about that position, not to lock in a lot of long-term uh, financial resources, but you can keep a guy around for a year or two, really wear him out, and then sort of end his career. And I think Montgomery will have offers around the league, but I don't think he's going to have any uh, gangbuster offers because, you know, the numbers don't really bear out well for Montgomery. He is a complimentary player, and he's not going to be played like a star, and he's not going to be paid to be a, a workhorse back for really any offense. The best case for Montgomery is to stay here. The best base for, for the Bears is to keep Montgomery here. I like him with Khalil Herbert, uh, and Justin Fields likes him a whole lot as an outlet. So um, I still think there's an avenue for Montgomery to come back. But listen, all it takes is one team to say three years, $40 million, and he's gone. Um, I just don't think the Bears value the position in that way, and they believe they can find his production in the fifth round. Because look around the league. Everybody is doing that every year. So do they want him here? Yes. Does he want to be here? Yes. Um, but will he go to the highest bidder? Absolutely. And Jeff, sorry, you just mentioned there earlier on about Whitehair being a potential cap casualty. Kind of looking at the roster there, do you think there's any other players that maybe it isn't getting talked about at the moment, but who you think, you know, as free agency comes and goes, maybe could be another kind of casualty there that, you know, is kind of a surprise or, or any surprise moves you kind of see the Bears making that no one's really talking about? I mean, maybe Lucas Patrick, but what's very strange about this team now, and it's all because of the way Ryan Poles has operated last year, they don't have a lot of money on this roster. And, you know, Eddie Jackson is the one guy you'd look at. But what I've been told is that they are not interested in the least in getting rid of Eddie Jackson. They see him as the leader of that defense. Flus loves him. He loves playing uh, for the city. So, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, other than Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair, I'm not even sure where you would look, what position you would look at to try as a cap casualty. Um, so, no, but. Again, I think the interior of the offensive line is very interesting to watch here over the next six weeks because uh, I think they like Tevin Jenkins. I think they see Tevin Jenkins as a starting guard. I don't think they believe right now that the starting center or the starting or the other guard, let's call it the left guard, is on this roster. So uh, I'll be very surprised if September rolls around and beyond Braxton and Tevin, anybody in the conversation last year is a starting offensive lineman. I think they're getting three new offensive linemen 
And the question now over the next few weeks is just where are they coming from? Uh, and I think they will buy at least one quickly next week. Yeah. And last question to you before we let you go, because I know you're probably freezing out there. It's not warm. It's not warm here either. <laughs> no, but I'm being warmed by two elements in Washington Square Park right now. I'm being warmed by the, the rampant insanity of the man sitting to my left, who I'm not going to put on camera because I think he would shoot me immediately. And just the overwhelming weed smoke that fills this park. I mean, I've, since I've been on this call, at least a dozen people have walked by smelling like weed, which I just imagine has made me as high as a kite. So uh, I have to go to a class at 6 o'clock, and I'm just wondering what I'm going to be offering to those students uh, at 6 o'clock. So yeah, let's, let's go. La last, one, last one, I guess, is with the amount of money that the Bears do have available, we already said that Ryan Pelz doesn't go absolute crazy in free agency. So that makes you think that at some point they're going to have to give out some extensions here. Do you think there's anyone in particular that you would – guess we'll get an extension over the next couple of weeks. I know some people have mentioned Cole Komet, maybe one of the receivers here, Claypool or Mooney, and then there's guys like Jalen Johnson and things like that. Is there anybody that you would expect to get an extension this offseason from the Bears? <sighs> Good question. Um, not really. Um, no. I, I, just don't, I just don't think Ryan Poles is married to these guys. And I don't think any of these guys, you know, Darnell Mooney probably would have been in line for a decent little extension here this offseason, but that injury really, you know, really, really knocked that down. Uh, I think Chase Claypool is going to have to show that he has a rapport with Fields in game action before you're going to start extending his contract. You can't extend him sort of, you know, uh, uh, hypothetically, which is what they would be doing. So Cole Komet is a guy they really like. He's versatile. He's productive. Is he a star tight end? No, but he's the kind of guy that fits what they want to do. If that was an extension they wanted to give out, that would make a lot of sense. Um, and on defense, yeah, I guess maybe Jalen Johnson. But, I mean, who else is there? The defensive line doesn't have a player on it. And the, the, the other defensive backs are all kids. So it's a franchise in a very unique place where they don't have much money committed. They have a ton of draft picks now that are about to come their way. And I, I think polls, I think there's a lot of GMs right now that would love to be Ryan Poles because he's going to get to mold this franchise exactly as he wants with no encumbrances. And that doesn't happen very often in this league. Yeah, one, one non-football question for you before yeah. you go. I remember one of, the, uh, one of your tweets over the last couple of weeks about a movie that uh, was – Related to our nice little island oh, here yes. in Ireland. Yes. So, yes. so do you want to tell some people kind of about that? I know you were tweeting up a storm about the movie and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you want to let people know about that as well. Yeah. So, so it's the first uh, film in the Irish language to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. It's called The Quiet Girl. I won't try to pronounce the, the Irish translation. I live in an Irish neighborhood. I embarrass myself doing that all the time. I'm not going to do it in public. Um, it is a beautiful film, and it is really eloquently and really subtly told. Ninety minutes. You can. It'll be streaming everywhere. I'm sure in the next few weeks. Uh, it's not going to win the Oscar, but it's a huge moment for uh, Irish language film. Something I've I've been studying and something I'm really interested in. For those who don't know, you know, there, there just isn't a, a wide body of Irish language cinema because most of Irish cinema uh, had to go through London. They're colonizers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get wild uh, now. They're calling the English colonizers. Um, Let's go, Jeff. Let's go. You want. <laughs> They're colonizers. Aunt, you can't say anything. So, You're in London. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, right. He's locked away here. He's in jail. He's in. He's in. A, he's in the, I'm in the heart of the bay. So, 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 uh, so this is a, it's a it's a big step for cinema in the Irish language, and I, I'm very hopeful that we're going to see a, another a new crop of of young Irish filmmakers, um, not half Englishmen like Martin McDonough, but actual Irish people who treat Irish culture with the with the with with the delicacy it deserves in the same way the French have and the Brazilians have and now you know film national films all over the world have this streaming outlet to reach so many more people so I hope this is a landmark film for Irish language cinema and it should be because it's it's incredibly well done what is funny about it though as someone who lives in an Irish neighborhood they also subtitled the scenes where the where the Irish actors are speaking English and so I I just thought. Like the first, I think the first thing they subtitled was when a character went, fuck's sake. <laughs> no, that was English. I go, I hope they don't think this is the Irish language because they can't understand what they're saying. Uh, but surely enough, within, within a matter of moments, they went full into the Irish. So, uh, but again, I can't say, uh, I can't say, speak more highly of it. It's my favorite film of the year. Uh, and I hope there's a lot more, uh, a lot more Irish language films coming our way because as you guys know, if anybody's ever tried to speak uh, the Irish language in Clare and not realizing you were using the Kerry dialect. Um, it is it is a remarkable, remarkable language that uh, where the letters have no equivalent in the other languages. And it is an amazing thing to hear on the screen. I do think it's going to be happening a lot more in years to come. Yeah, I, I would there's say also, when, there's also when you're something saying the one that was something. in English, I, oh, sorry, um, that I assume that uh, the, when they're speaking in English, it was just somebody from Kerry speaking in English because yeah. that's the one way. Or Donegal. Yeah, it's all, like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's all the joy, the joy that in the Irish language you don't have the letter K. So that's connected to the uh, whole joy of our. So yeah, there's a little bit of interest in part of the language. So what would you call Aaron Rodgers then, Aunt, if that was the case? You can't Sharon. call him Karen. If I was doing it in Irish, if it was in Irish, I'd call him Sharon. As I always tell people, as I always tell people, I'll I'll leave you guys on this note. As I always tell people, if you want to know how wild the Irish language is, go online and Google the name Quiva. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you how I'm not gonna tell you how to spell that. And if you get there in 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 the span of five or six hours, you should gloat because you're gonna see A's and O's and M's and I's doing things they have never done before in any language. Uh, It is wild. Uh, But again, the quiet girl. I, I'm pretty sure you could rent it on Apple and Amazon uh, as early as this week, but uh, double check that. It's in theaters in New York and in the big cities here. It should be in Chicago as well, but uh, it is a wonderful film, and I'll be rooting for it, even though I know it's going to lose. Uh, I'm like a Chicago Bears fan. I'll be rooting for it, <laughs> as I know it's going to lose on Sunday night at the Oscars. Yeah, look, let's get you over to Ireland. We'll have a few points, and we'll enjoy some Irish films over here as well. So, look, we appreciate your time, Jeff. Oh, thanks, guys. Oh, God, the crazy guy's looking at me now. <laughs> Go on. I gotta, don't don't die. <laughs> this, this could be my last appearance. Um, I say they signed Caleb McGarry. Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Look, welcome into the chat, ah, Tony. Tony. Uh, look, I've was... been waiting in the wings patiently, but I didn't want to come in and take away from anything that Jeff was telling us because, obviously, it's gold. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, look, from what Jeff said at the end there, if anybody in the chat's able to spell Quiva, fair play to you, because uh, without looking at it, obviously, on Google, yeah. because uh, it is a it's a fun one to do. But look, guys, 
We do want to get your comments in as well. All of you guys that are in the chat, please do like the video if you've enjoyed kind of the first 39 minutes of, of the show today. If you haven't subscribed already and this is your first time on the Irish Bear Show, please do. There's going to be a lot of content coming up. Obviously, we'll have three live shows during free agency next week. Um, so make sure you stick with us on that. We do put out any sort of kind of information and stuff as well that as we kind of get it over on Twitter. So follow us there. But look, it's a really interesting thing that, especially even just at the end where he predicted that the Bears signed Caleb McGarry, that's an interesting one as well. But he mentioned about the two kind of key teams there for possibly trading down for the number one overall pick. And that's number four at the Indianapolis Colts and number nine at the Carolina Panthers. But if there's a team that's at 11, 14, 15, 16, that offers way more, he's not afraid to go back that far. And actually... That's what we did kind of hear over the last couple of, well, days really, that there was one team that was interested in trading with the Bears that was much further than Ryan Poles expected. And the fact that he's not really afraid to go back at that point, that actually is very, very interesting as a Chicago Bears fan, but also as leading up to this kind of free agent period. The other key notes that Jeff did put out there was that the Bears are very interested in Javon Hargrave. I've spoken to a few different people that kind of are more on the national level and they've heard similar that Javon Hargrave is a guy that the Bears are very interested in. Um, I don't think anybody truly knows exactly which right tackle. I'd say there's a lot of debate in the building. Very much like in the Chicago Bears fan base, there's probably different people that prefer a different guy it just depends on who the loudest voice in that room is going to be. And we know that's going to be Ryan Poles because it's his head for any of these moves. So look, and I'm going to come to you first. What are some of the key takeaways that you had from some of Jeff's comments? Because there was some very interesting kind of tidbits in there. The the nugget that stuck with me is the, is the Bobby Okereke one. Just yeah. purely because everyone is bought into that, that is, yeah, for fuck's sake. Um, like for me, for me, that was almost a shoe-in. I've been hearing so many people saying that that's a shoe-in, that that's probably the first one that comes through. And the fact that, that Poles is questioning that, I wonder if there's any connection to to the to the fact that we bought a couple of players last year that, that didn't work out that may have been Ibrafus's guys, if that makes sense. That yeah. maybe Poles is looking at that and going, Whoa, 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 whoa. I trusted you with this guy didn't really work out. So do you know what? Exactly what you said, Karen. It's my head. So no, I'm not going to go with with that. I'm going to go with this or whatever it is. So I think that's an interesting conversation. Or is it something to get out there in the ether because they think he's too he wants too much? Because I read somewhere he's looking for 12 to 14 million. And maybe they see that him more of an eight to 10 million again. I don't know. But that, that's the that's the conversation that might be out there. Well that, that was the that was an interesting tidbit. And the other one that stood out like I saw Thomas the Orlando Brown. Because I think yeah. everyone was already looking at that going, oh, left tackle, we don't need a left tackle, we're fine there. And the fact that he's speaking, saying that Poles has a good link and connection, the obvious one being Kansas City, and that he may have a chat to him about moving to right tackle, because that becomes a different conversation then. I think if Orlando Brown is a right tackle, you've got more of a more of a chance for him being what his wage value would be there. So I think those are the two that stood out to me anyway as being interesting tidbits for him. Yeah, the Orlando Brown Jr. one makes sense. I've said this for the past two months. I, the reason why I didn't think it was a viable one is if he was coming in for as a left tackle, because I don't think that they're 
going to either give up on Braxton Jones or if they're going to draft or if they're going to bring somebody in, I feel like it could be via the draft. But we've always said that you do have to look at links to the organization. So you need to look at guys that have been brought in by Ian Cunningham. You need to look at guys that have been coached by some of the prominent coaches on the Bears staff. But when you see a guy that has a link to the general manager that maybe the GM didn't expect to go, right? Because we may not be hearing all the little rumors about Orlando Brown Jr. Because up until, what, 24 to 48 hours ago, most of the league thought he was going to get franchise tagged to the point of where you had all the national media that were doing all their predictions out there and they actually had their prediction for him as getting franchise tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is an interesting one. I wonder, is it just the fact that it's only happened the last few days? Will we hear a little bit more about Orlando Brown Jr.? If Poles is able to convince him to play right tackle, I agree with Jeff. It's probably a no-brainer because he does suit, for me, he suits at the right side better than the left. I don't know if they're going to if they're going to sign him because they might prefer one of the other guys that has a link to the O-line coach as well. So there's things like that. One of the really good comments here from Adam actually he mentions, and this could be going to the Okereke one as well. If I'm paying that much money for Bobby Okereke or Okereke, and then I'd rather pay extra for Edmonds from the Bills. If those two guys are even similar in the amounts, like it may not even be that Pose doesn't like that position, doesn't think that it's important. It could just be that maybe there was guys that he thought may have got re-signed by their own team. So, like, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds is one of those guys that people were always comparing him and Roquan Smith because they came out in the same draft, obviously about 10 or so picks between the two players, but two high-level athletes that maybe if the money isn't that much different in between, would he prefer to go higher for a guy like Edmonds? Or is it just that he doesn't want to pay for an off the ball linebacker and goes for someone a little bit less. And that's one of the other interesting points, Tony, I don't know how much of um, the show you got to hear. I know you got to hear the last 15 minutes anyway. Um, Cause you were in the background. What were some of the key takeaways that you had from what Jeff was able to say? Um, I suppose the, the interesting part, it, it was more of a sort of confirmation of things that we've discussed um, over the, the previous shows in terms of trading down in terms of, this, the kind of statements about this team isn't there yet that you know we've been speaking about um and and the advantage of trying to pick up as many additional picks as you can quality picks as you can make sense so if you're getting back to you know 11 or even further down the the, the list on the on the draft then it, it makes sense to try and you know garner as many f- future first round picks as possible um I'm also not overly shocked by him saying that no one is um, in the running to get an extension at the moment. Um, again, I think if you look at the players that, that you're talking about, none of them are Poles guys other than uh, Chase Claypool. And obviously his scenario is slightly different from everybody else. So it's interesting that, you know, um, extensions aren't something that are priority at the moment. Obviously the priority just now is free agency and, and trying to get these these picks away. Um, but the big thing is obviously the um, trying to get the, the, the trade done uh, before free agency, I mean, I think that's that's something that everyone's hoping is going to happen because we're all very impatient and we want to see what the Bears are going to get. Um, but it's interesting that you know, again, Poles has taken the the strategy of waiting until after the combine to garner as much interest in some of these quarterbacks that are coming up. 
Um, so for me, that those those were those were the sort of big big things that you mentioned. Um, and again, obviously, the right tackle issue is is always an interesting one because you know we obviously we, we've heard different things from different people, and um, it's interesting how different names come up uh, along along those that line. And it could be that all those names are being considered. And I, as you mentioned earlier on, it's just a case of they're trying to decide, they're trying to make a final decision on which one is the best way to go. And they've probably got a, a, a tier system as well. So they'll have their, their favourite guy, they'll have their number two, they'll have their number three option, and they'll kind of work that way. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be curious. But I'm really interested in the overall factor of this is this is Paul's team. Um, you know, so he's making the final call. He's making the final decisions as it should be, as it always should be. The general manager should be getting the final say and he should be building this team um, in, in the way that he wants to build. Obviously, you're getting your impact and your um, opinion from the coaching team and the scout, the scouting department and all that kind of stuff. But if he's saying, no, I don't like this guy, I prefer this guy, then great. Because that that ends up, ends up it gives me confidence that the guy is clearly capable of you know sticking his his, his neck out um but also that he's going to take responsibility and say these are all my decisions and this is the this is my team and this is how i built it sort of thing and that included the hiring of, of matt eberflus as well so yeah. um yeah interesting comments yeah absolutely look guys there's still 268 of you in in the stream here we are at how many? We are now at 100 likes, so thank you for that. Please do keep liking the video. Again, there is over 200 of you in there. The more likes, the better it is for us because the more people get to see this video. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, please do. We have a lot of content that comes out, both in terms of draft and free agency. And we'll, like we said, we will be live next week during free agency. We'll be getting a lot of different guests on over the coming weeks, different reporters from the different kind of college football teams as well so make sure that you do stick with us there um but look no I, I do want to kind of touch on some of the free agent um stuff that kind of we were talking about there obviously the big thing is when we look at the right tackle and there's a lot of people that are out there that some really like juan taylor because they liked what he did in terms of as a pass blocker last year some like um caleb mcgarry again and pretty much an elite run blocker saw an improvement in his pass blocking this year but the big question there will always be he knows he's coming into a year where he's going to be a free agent and um, so is it just that he was able to improve on that or is there genuine kind of improvement there you've mike mcglinchy who's kind of in the middle that does both reasonably well there'll be certain games that you can kind of point out where guys have struggled um, you can definitely see that the Dallas Cowboys game for Mike McGlinchey was a it was a rough one to look at. Um, but really, when you hear Jeff saying at the very end that you have to make a prediction, it'd be Caleb McGarry, but we've spoken about Orlando Brown Jr. as well. I guess the question that I wanted to ask you is, first of all, what do you think is the most likely right tackle that comes in? Because I think we can all agree that's probably the most important position right now that the Bears do get somebody to come in at right tackle. One of these higher profile guys that, look, no matter who you sign, you're going to spend a lot of money on one of these guys. They're all going to make bag in, in free agency. So it's about choosing the right one. So the question is, first of all, who you think the Bears will sign at right tackle? And then the second part of that, who do you want the Bears to sign at right tackle? 
Yeah, like you said there, Kieran, all these guys have their, their pluses and minuses, you know, the kind of way that, that that's just the way it's kind of set up. As you say, one is great pass blocking, one is great run blocking, and one kind of does a, a bit of both. For me, look, I, I think it's probably going to be McGlinchey. And again, it's hard to know because we don't know what's going on in, in Hallis Hall there and what they're discussing. But I think it is important that you can kind of have that balance. We know the Bears love to run the ball. We know how well they did it last year. Even without Fields, they still had some, Herbert had some good games and, and good running yards. But the Bears are going to keep doing that. That's going to be the bedrock running the ball. So you want someone who's going to be able to obviously block there. But then we know it's Justin Fields and we want to give him the best chance to do what he does best. And it's very, very important that the O-line can, can keep him safe and can keep him clean so for me, it just kind of falls into that kind of aspect then that you have McGlinchey who kind of does a bit of both. And maybe that's the kind of player you look at. And he maybe hasn't hit the heights where people thought he would in San Francisco. But I think he, he, he had a tough time last year after the injury and stuff, but he did kind of finish out the season a bit better. And who knows, maybe that little bit extra time coming into this season, he will then again have been, you know, he's further away from that injury and he makes that next step again to to the talent levels that, you know, people thought he had. Plus then you look at the 49ers and they do, you know, we do think they're going to be running a similar system to what Getsy is going to be running. So he can do that as well. Look, again, it's a guess, you know, none of these guys are what you would look at as being an absolute superstar who, you know, should be getting all this money. But we are where we are and it's a position that we do need to fix. And as Jeff said earlier, maybe you're not getting that superstar, but you are getting someone who can come in and make that side of the line better because it was it was terrible last year. Unfortunately, Borum, you know, we had high hopes that he might be that kind of player who could come in and, and stay for years, but it, it just didn't look like it last year. So I'll, I'll guess McGlinchey, but again, look, anything could happen. As we say, we weren't even really talking about bringing in a left tackle and moving him to the right, you know, but then there's the other option then. I wonder then, you know, Braxton Jones had such a really good season last year for a rookie, but is it possible to even slide him across to the right? You know, who knows what's yeah. kind of going on there in there when they try to fix this O-line. So, realistically, I have no idea, but I will guess McGlinchey because I think he possibly just fits those both aspects of the game a little bit more and, and you know, we see see how he can kind of fit in there if he is the guy they go for. Yeah, look, one guy that I, I trust with his analysis in terms of the offensive line is uh, Brandon Thorne. He's a really good follow over on Twitter. And re- yeah, actually, just in the last couple of minutes, he put out his rankings for the offensive line in free agency. So he breaks it down from the different positions. So for his offensive tackles, he has tier one. He has one player. He has Orlando Brown Jr. And he has that listed as an above average starter. So what he mentions about Orlando Brown, who is 26 years of age, he says, Brown is a good run blocker and a solid pass protector with 75 career starts split between both tackle spots with two perennially well-run well successful organizations. Obviously, the Ravens and the Chiefs played more right tackle for the Ravens, then gets traded to the Chiefs to play left tackle. Um, if anybody wants him, they're going to have to pay a premium, even if Brown's pass protection skills receive the boost by working with Andy Reid, Andy Heck, and Patrick Mahomes. Brown is durable, young, and knows how to play to his strengths. Except, expect him to receive the most lucrative deal among all offensive linemen in this year's free agency class. He then has the next couple of guys, um, or the next two guys are solid to an average starter. 
He has Juwan Taylor as the second guy, and he has Josh Nijman from uh, the Green Bay Packers as well, who is a restricted free agent. And I believe the Packers are expected to put a second-round tender on him. So again, if you're going to want to sign him, you're going to have to give the Green Bay Packers a second-round pick. So that'll be an interesting one um, later on. But what he says about Taylor is, Taylor is coming off the best year of his career in Jacksonville after a fresh start. Uh, Taylor has always been durable. He has 66 career starts with zero missed games. So that's an important step as well, because we've, we have heard in the past that Pose doesn't want to bring in guys with injury histories. So this is going to be an interesting one. But uh, with zero missed games, we'll finally short up some technique issues in pass pro because everybody comes across that he has been a great pass protector for his entire career. He hasn't. He improved massively in 2022. So my question has always been, which Juwan Taylor do you get? Did so in this last year? Is this something that the coaching just helped him, or that he's gotten suddenly better at that? So that's an interesting one. The, I think one of the key points here: he is only 25 years of age with ideal size to play right tackle. So I think that's one of the other ones. What he has then as below average starters: he has Caleb McGarry and Mike McGlinchey, both 28 years of age. You have. McGarry is a plus run blocker with limited quickness and range in pass protection. His, produ his production took a jump in 2022, playing in a scheme that ranked 31st in pass attempts and second in play action percentage, meaning he was offered substantial help as a pass protector. So that's going to be the key difference with Caleb McGarry is you are kind of taking away a little bit of pass pro if you're bringing him in. But when you look at him as a run blocker, that's where he kind of distances himself on some of the other guys. With McGlinchey, he says McGlinchey is in a similar mold to McGarry, except he has more of an injury history um, to sort through. He was a plus run blocker over his first two seasons in 2018 and 2019, but has since taken a step back in his play strength, power, and struggling to absorb and generate the same amount of force that he did early in his career. Part of this can be attributed to a quadriceps tear suffered in 2021. I know we spoke about this a little bit earlier in one of our videos. Um, and also playing at a lighter weight over his over his last few seasons. So again, you have to see what are you getting. Is he slowly starting to get back into being fully healthy again? And then can you use the previous years as an indication for him? That's what some of the questions are there. I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna skip down to um, in terms of some of the other options at offensive tackle. Obviously, Donovan Smith is a guy that got release you have isaiah win who's now who's going to be a free agent as well taylor luan andrew wiley the other offensive tackle from the kansas city chiefs trey pipkins is an option if you wanted to have him they're all guys down as below average starters so again check that out i know he's he does a really good job over there um over on his twitter in terms of brandon thorn does so look i think a lot of it comes down to who the bears are going to target at right tackle a lot of people have different opinions Again, I think no matter who you choose here, you're gonna have to pay, you're gonna have to pay a lot of money for any of these guys, even if they are below average starters, because really you don't tend to get really good offensive linemen that hit free agency. So you're gonna have to pay the bears of all that money. These agents are gonna know that there will be some of these contracts that come out over the next couple of days that people are gonna be like, You gave this guy this amount of money, why would you do that? That's going to come out. Like, There's going to be people that will say, why did the Bears pay this price? And I just want to wanted to say that people, if you want the Bears to shop at the top of the market 
early in free agency, forget about the contract because they're going to have to overpay because that's what happens every single year. If you don't want the Bears to overpay, then they're not going to be involved in first wave of free agency, which we all know that they will. So there will be some of those contracts early on that you're going to be like, oh, that guy's not worth that. But again, the, we, I always say a player is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for that player. So that's why we always see that these prices continue to go up. So and I wanted to kind of come to you here. We're, we'll kind of go back in terms of even when we spoke about the trade scenarios, because I think that's one that a lot of Bears fans are very interested in. The fact that Jeff has said he expects it before the end of the week. I think we've said that as well. That yep. We'd be surprised with everything that's kind of come out a lot of people in the NFL circles talking about the Bears potentially trading down. I guess the, the main question to you is when we look at the potential targets, Jeff mentioned a couple, but there's others that are out there. We've seen different national guys do mock drafts over the last couple, really the last 24 to 48 hours, all have different types of trades that the Bears are going to make or that they would want, they would see the Bears making. Which one do you think makes the most sense for this organization moving up? No, uh, Tony, I can still hear you. What's going on? You're right, Tony. No, uh, he's no, not. He has no idea. Why is anyway, he gone? Go ahead. He's gone. Um, I think from from my perspective, I, I fluctuated massively with this. Right, I really get Jeff's point around the Texans because I think Anthony Richardson being flying up draft boards and people has made the Texans go. Ooh, we may not have to do anything because CJ Stroud is our guy and that's who we're going to go with. And everyone's talking about Richardson and anyone that's going up there is probably going to go after someone like Richardson. So therefore, we'll just sit where we are. So I think after the combine, the Texans have gone from a really high chance to go from one to two to now not the favourites to go to go and get, a, get the number two. His point on the Colts is really interesting because I think that's something that, that would make sense for the Bears. But then part of me is going... In the last week, everyone has gone from we must get Will Anderson, we must get Will Anderson, we must get Will Anderson, to now we must get a shed load of picks in 2024. And if we can get a first in 2025, it's what Paul said. Paul's, I think, was quoted as saying he's already got offers for ones in 24 and ones in 2025. For me, I've said it a while. The interesting thing that Paul's said, I can't remember when he said it, and I can't remember who he said it to, I'm sorry, is he was, if it's before, before Anton, before the, the the, the free agency, it had to include a player or it had to have a conversation around a player being involved so that if he was able to give up one of his blue chip guys at the top, he'd have to get some sort of compensation of a player at the other end. And that's why everyone then started looking at Burns at Carolina and started looking at, looking at I can't remember the player in, in the Titans, but there was somebody, I think it needs defensive inside line, that that was, that was being spoken Jeffrey, about for them. Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons, that's the one. Um, now, if those guys are involved, then it makes total sense for the Bears to look at 9 and 11 if you're getting a stud stud guy to replace somebody you know. And both of those guys are relatively young as well. So I think that's a that's that's an interesting one to look at. I think, personally, I know what Jeff was saying. I just don't really want them to go beyond 11. I think 11 for me is the number that I'd like to to kind of be picking picking a player at. Why? Because at 11, I think you get JSN. I think you get a someone like a Paris Johnson. You get a really good guy to, to be added into it. And if you've included a player as well, that's great. One thing I will say about the trade back, 
we've got to get picks in 2024. 2024 has to include minimum a first and a second. We have to include I think, that you, need, I, I, I think you need to get them in 2024 and 2025 if you're moving outside the top five. Like the only the only yeah. way I, especially now that Poles has has basically come on record and saying that he has he knows he's going to get a 2024 and a 2025 first round pick. He can't then make a trade and then not get a 2024 or 2025 first round unless, pick. It can't happen unless you unless you get a player. So Carolina's not going to give you. Do you not think? Do you, not, do you think Carolina's nah, going to give you twenty? Nah, look, 24 well, I'm going to put the. I'm going to put yeah, this out there, 100%, and I'm going to let any of you guys kind of come in on this, right? I don't know. I don't know about you, but I prefer the higher draft picks than adding in a veteran player that's already on a high kind of level of deals. Because look, we heard even kind of Jeff saying it. This team's not ready to win. Right, yeah. like you, st- you still have to build this, and that's why I kind of laugh when some people are going to say, "Oh, the Bears need to get to the playoffs next year, otherwise it's, otherwise it's a failure." But that's not really the way it always works because it depends on who you bring in, right? If you're able to fix your offensive line and defensive line, and you're able to bring in like another receiver, well, then you can probably say, "Okay, this team can compete, and they might be able to sneak in," but. They're probably two off seasons of making good moves away from doing that. And that's why I feel like the Bears need to go and get a 2024 first round pick and a 2025 first round pick. The reason for that is you've actually then set yourself up for the next three years to improve your roster greatly because you'll have two first round picks because then it means there might be two guys that you really like in the first round or there's the opposite approach where it could be there's one guy you really like and you could use those two first-rounders to go get that guy that you want. And even if it's, like, we mentioned this in our last show, when we had uh, Nathan Baird on, who was one of the Ohio State reporters, he said to us on this show that if the Bear or if Marvin Harrison Jr. was in the draft this year, the Bears would not be trading that pick because they would be picking Marvin Harrison Jr. That's how good that that kid can be. Now, if that's the case, and if they wanted him next year, and let's say the rumors were that he'd go top five, and one of these Bears first round picks, whether it's their own or whether it's somebody else's, is like ninth, you could then use that pick, one of those picks, to move up and go get it. Like that's that's the thing, and that's going to be the interesting point here. And look. This is, I think, this, this I think is, the thing you come back to in this one as well, though, is, again, just we talked about this the other day as well, is the Dolphins and the 49ers made that trade two seasons ago mm-hmm. um, to move from 12 to 3, and the and the 49ers gave up three first-round picks and some change, and that's removed yeah. to 12 to 3. We're talking about moving to 1 yeah. um, to get the first choice of anybody on the board and moving up from, say, 11 um, or, or 9 or 11 or whoever you're talking about. So you're you're looking at getting at least those first three first rounders and a, and a, and, a, and a bunch more. I think you're talk, you're talking, you know, at least a second rounder at some point as well, maybe even this year, um, as well as some change. Um, so I, I think Poles absolutely has that on the table at the moment, and he absolutely will get that if he's saying that. It as you say, it doesn't make any sense for him to say I've got these two things on the table and then not make that trade because that just makes him look stupid. Because that's the smart thing to do is to trade 
for the for the future first round picks in 24 and 25. I don't disagree with that. And that's not, I, I understand totally what you're saying. My only point was that when you're bringing in another another top round player, that's the, that's the reason why that gets a different conversation. But I get your point. If you want to look at 2024, 2025, and I agree, Kieran, if we had two 2024s, we go after if we're if both of those are in let's say position eight and position sixteen for example, and you want to get up to get in the top three or four, you can use those two to do that. I totally agree with that. And if you had that again in twenty twenty five, then you are talking about real quality players. Because again, going back to what Jeff said, one of the comments that Jeff said was that they will be making a big play next year for that big yeah. a big name, whether that's in free agency or whether that's in the high end of the draft. So I get that point. The only reason I was saying about the 2025 pick was just that conversation about if you went and got a Burns, for example. I use that. It comes down to the conversation that Ryan Poles, as regularly said, is that he is building through the draft. So I think that that's again goes back to the conversation about what exactly he's going to want. And I don't think, even though I've just said it, I don't think he's going to want to get players unless the player is that blue chip player that he thinks is going to make this team better over the next three or four years. And that player needs to be 23 to 26 years of age. That's yeah. Take yeah. I also think it depends on the position said player plays, right? Like, Correct. I think if it's a wider seat. But this is the other reason why you make a trade. And this is why I say for all these, like, for all these picks, right? Because let's say they make this trade this week. And let's say it's with the Carolina Panthers and you get Panthers first round pick this year, their second round pick, let's say a fourth this year as well. You get the first round and second and third round pick next year. You get their first round pick in 2025. And I don't know if there's going to be any more, any more, but let's say, and then two and a half months time, a big wide receiver that is a number one guy becomes available you then have two picks in 2024 and 2025 to where if you trade a first round pick doesn't actually matter. Or if you trade or if you multiple seconds, it doesn't matter. You can go and get a guy, right? So yep. you also set yourself up for the chance that you have to be ready. If there is a number one wide receiver out, out there that you can go and get like an AJ Brown. I heard people talking about a Stefan Diggs right today. And they were saying, why aren't why wouldn't the Bears be in, interested in this? And the thing that I've always said is, right now the Bears don't have the draft capital to do it. They will have draft capitals to go get a number one if they make this if they make a trade where they get all of these picks. I think the only reason why we haven't seen a trade go down already is simply, like Jeff said, Ryan Poles is trying to get to the height of this market. He's trying to take advantage of everything. We're hearing all of the rumors about these different quarterbacks of all these teams loving them. You're going to start to see some of the free agent quarterbacks kind of go. I personally think Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore this year. And then there's going to be other dominoes that are going to fall, which is going to make other teams that maybe wanted a veteran guy this year. And if they don't get the guy that they wanted even more desperate. So there's things like that that he has to consider. Is it worth trading it now? Or is it worth waiting a couple of weeks and trading it? I just think that there's probably going to be teams that are going to go crazy and they're going to want to just get to basically to know who they who they need to be looking at in terms of this draft. Because if you're drafting at three or four, like you can look at these different quarterbacks, but there's a likelihood that two of the guys that you like will not be there because some of the clued in guys 
at the national stage have said it is very likely that it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And realistically, if the Bears don't trade down with the Indianapolis Colts, it could go quarterback, 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 quarterback. And really the draft for everybody else starts at five. So that's where this conversation becomes very, very important. And that's why I asked the question. And Seth, I'll ask this kind of a similar one to you here. Is this kind of the key point for Ryan Poles in terms of this trade is going to give everybody a basis of what type of decision maker he is. This is the one that sets up your franchise moving forward. If, if you get it wrong, you're likely fired. If you get it right and you are the one that's able to rebuild this franchise, you're probably in the job for the next 10 years. So for me, I think this is probably, regardless of the free agents that he brings in this year, I actually think his most important thing that he needs to do, he needs to get this trade dead on the money to where you can look at it and you can say the Bears could really set themselves up over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the free agency it can be hit or miss. You got a lot of guys that are, you know, in free agency because of, you know, not being the best of the best players and how he handles being, you know, at the number one position and, and what he can recoup in trades is going to say a ton about him as it's more than just a contract he's handing out. It's going to be like how good of a negotiator he is, you know, how good is he at analyzing what other teams are going to do. There's so many elements that go into this that will, you know, really speak volumes of the quality of a general manager. He is, you know, if he trades to four, thinking he's going to get a certain player, and completely misses on the guy he really wanted, you know, we'll be talking about that. And I, I think he, you know, it's going to speak volumes. So I, I agree, this is going to be the most important move of his tenure so far. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's it's one that I'm excited about. I don't know about you. I'm I'm really excited for free agency to get cracking. I want to see this a trade go down pretty soon in terms of over the next few days. So then everybody can actually go into free agency being really excited. And even if the player that you don't want is like isn't the guy that they isn't the guy that they or the player that you really want isn't the player that they sign. There's still a lot of excitement there because I typically see when we hit free agency, it's like everybody has these preconceived notions of who their team needs to sign. And if they don't sign your favorite player, well, free agency sucked for your team and it's, yeah. and it's terrible. And that's something that I don't, I don't really like. I'm that's why I've always, and why we've kind of gone through some of these videos and been like, these are some of the options here. These are, this is why it makes sense for the Bears. This is why this player makes sense for the Bears. And then when they do, whoever does get signed, we can talk about why that makes sense rather than saying this guy sucks and this guy shouldn't have been signed, blah, blah, because everybody's going to have their favorites. Everyone's going to have their favorites when it comes to the draft. They're not always going to draft your favorite players. They're not always going to sign your favorite players. But what's important is that we actually do a good detailed analysis of these guys and kind of look at it on both sides of the argument. And that's why when we mention guys like McGlinchey, when we mention guys like Caleb McGarry and Juwan Taylor, we use both sides. We say what their good points are, but also where they struggle. Because at the end of the day, 
I think it would be we can't go into this and be like this is my favorite player so he's really good and I don't like this right tackle he sucks the bear shouldn't go near him because we don't know what the analysis is in terms of what the bears see in some of these guys what what do they think in terms of how they fit their scheme or how they fit in their locker room there's a lot of the analysis that the GMs, the assistant GMs go through and the scouts go through that we're not privy to a lot of the information. We only get to see what we see on film. We don't see anything else. We don't know what type of guys these are. We only know from them because we see stuff in on game day. Like We don't know anything about these guys in terms of what type of leaders they are, what type of workers they are, because we only tend to know that once they're kind of indoctrinated into your own in your own favorite team. And then you start to hear some of these stories. And I think that's something that people do need to consider as well. And I think that, yeah, absolutely. And you can't just jump in there and think, well, okay, so we look at Orlando Brown Jr. So your man that you were talking about a couple of minutes ago is saying that he's, you know, high caliber tackle coming out of the draft. He's uh, coming in the free agency. He's, you know, way beyond everyone else. And I absolutely, uh, in, in the perfect scenario, he probably is one of the best options you can go for. Um, in terms of a, a, a left tackle signing. But the important thing to consider here is he doesn't fit the Bears' scheme. So for all he is, you know, maybe the top tackle, if you like, coming coming out, he's 340 pounds. And we need fast, agile guys around the 300, 310 mark to, to, to work in our particular scheme. So therefore he's not it's not gonna it's not gonna work out. So you maybe won't get your guy or the big name signing that you want to get, but the reasons behind that aren't because they don't want to spend money. It's because, as you say, Kieran, it doesn't make sense to put them in there if they don't fit the scheme. Or maybe, as you say, if there's other, other issues, personality issues. We know Orlando Brown Jr., for instance, um, there, there, there may be some concerns there as well. But I think another a big way for polls to um, take the shine off of the fact that maybe you don't go for your top guy uh, in free agency or spend a ridiculous amount of money in several players is that you make the trade for the draft and that then just becomes the only thing that matters is the fact that you're building for the future and it also then sets the tone that that's what you're doing is building for the, for the future rather than throwing everything into this one off season and signing all the big name free agents um, and, and hoping it works out because that's not what the Bears are doing that's not what Ryan Bowles is doing at all um, and people are going to realise that come Monday or Tuesday next week when we don't make several huge money signings. Yeah, and yeah, I think as the, well. The thing, like from sorry, come. I was just going to say, like the the one thing people need to realise is with like going out and signing all the big name and shiny toys is that nine times out of ten it doesn't work. Just look where I mean, look where it landed, Miami. You know, after going out and signing the biggest name left tackle, going and trading, you know, like, yes, you could put the right pieces in place. But if you're just signing the biggest names to go, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight, what's it really matter at the end of the day? You know, we've seen it time and time again, all the way back to that Eagles team of a long time ago that they called the dream team because they went out and signed Namdi Azue and then a bunch of other people that, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the greatest team ever. And it happens every year. And the teams that have consistent success have a lot of homegrown talent that they then add pieces to to get to where they need to. I mean, when's the last time you saw a massive signing from the Chiefs? 
or I mean, the Eagles a little bit different, but they have also grown up that offensive line. It's not like they were bringing in a bunch of different people. Um, and they, they added the final pieces to get to where they need to, but they weren't going out and spending ridiculous amounts of money to build the team. They were adding on final touch pieces and you can't expect them to just go out there, drop 180 million. If you're not going to be able to go, you know, compete for a Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I also think as well. I, I last couple of weeks I've spoken with guys from the um, Detroit Lions, and I spoke today to guys from the Minnesota Vikings. And one of the questions I asked them was, "What would you love to see the Bears do with all that money and the number one pick? What would be the one thing you'd love to do?" And and the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota guys both concurred, and they said, "Spend all your money this year." That was their answer. Spend every penny you have this year. Because that would be terrible. And I said, what would you not want us to do? And the, what they said they wouldn't want us to do is get draft picks for 2024 and 2025. Because that's where the fear comes from. Because now we're actually using our brain cells and we're not we're not going mad. The other thing as well about free agency, and this is a question for all of you, actually. Like, every year there's one signing that is done by the Chicago Bears that the fan base go absolutely mental on. Good or bad, right? Who do you think is going to be that player come Wednesday? Who do you think that if the Bears were to sign him, that everybody would go, oh, that's amazing, or oh my God, that's a disgrace. Is it Orlando Brown Jr.? Or is there somebody else that people can sit yeah. there and go, no, if the I, Bears went and got that guy, there'd be uproar. I have two. One is, I think the obvious one is Orlando Brown Jr. Because I think some people will hate it and some people will love it. Where I actually think people will lose their shit, and they shouldn't, but they will is if the Bears pay a high price for a cornerback because they're going to be like, why did you draft Kyler Gordon? You have to pay Jalen Johnson. You have all these other needs and you're going to pay, like, let's just say Jamal Dean, right? Where if they pay him, like, cornerback one type money because that's what he's going to command. I think people are going to lose their shit because they're going to be like, like, our DBs aren't the worst. You can get some other guys here. I'd lose my shit now if they paid a, ma- a massive amount to a running back because there's none that are on the market that actually makes sense. The other one, I think, um, just as I kind of talk here, I actually think people will lose their shit if they pay a lot of money towards wide receiver that's currently in free agency because I don't think any Bears fans like any of the wide receivers that are that available, the- whether it be yeah. Jacoby Myers or whether it be Alan Lazard or any of these guys. I think people will actually lose their shit if – we start to see like the Bears pay one of these guys like 16, 17 million. I, you know, that, I think that's where it would be. Is last year, do you, remember, do you remember the Christian Kirk signing? And everyone was like, What yeah, the hell good. are those guys yeah, doing? Good season, yeah. Oh, I had a great season. Do you know what I yeah, mean? So, prior to that, yeah. he was a good player, though, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, so, that's it really gift, depends yeah, whether yeah. or not. Again, it goes to that fit thing and whether or not the guy works where where you're going. And is that does that say, well, you know, I'm willing to pay them an extra two, three million dollars a year based on the fact that I just, you know, I know he's going to work in this sort of scheme. But yeah, I think wide receiver is is the huge I, one. I, yeah, no, I think an option as well. Yeah, I yeah. think. Well, I, I think. Uh, well, we talked about it, right tackle because, as we said, there's so many options at right tackle. Nobody's going to be happy with who comes in. You know, if it is McGlinchey, yeah. somebody's not going to be happy with that. And as you said, Kieran, whoever comes in at right tackle, if we take one of them, they're getting a bag of money that possibly I, I, people don't think they deserve as a player. But because there's so many options, whichever one the Bears bring in, someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to be happy and someone isn't. I'll take that further. I think 
if the Bears pay big and big for a right tackle, you're likely looking at 18 to 20 million a year, just so people know. I think the ones where I think the the signings that could happen where people are gonna go crazy is one that we spoke about, Javon Hargrave, because there'll be people talking about, well, why didn't they get like Draymond Jones in that position? He's younger, he can be ascending. I think people will kind of go crazy a little bit at that. And I think the other one where they'll go crazy is what you said, Mel, is if they don't sign oh Tony's gone. <laughs> if they don't <laughs> sign uh the right tackle that they want, which it seems like a lot of people want them to sign Juwan Taylor. So I feel like if they don't sign Juwan Taylor, because look, when you look at the guys in terms of 2022, who's the best guy against kind of I guess against the pass, um, where he was a good pass blocker in 2022. So I think if he's not the guy um, that they will go for, if he's not the guy that they end up signing, I think that's where you will see a section of the fan base get annoyed. But again, I always have to go back and say this, is like these guys are free agents for a reason. They're not perfect players. If they're perfect players at a position that a lot of teams need, which is offensive line, they wouldn't be hitting free agency. Like when people say that Orlando Brown Jr. is a franchise left tackle i'm like he's a like well like we mentioned earlier he is a above average or at least a a decent starting left tackle in the league but there's a reason he got traded away from the baltimore ravens there's a reason that when everybody was expecting he was going to get franchise tagged by the kansas city chiefs and they didn't do it like and that's a team that are now losing their left tackle and their right tackle to free agency, so like they do have other guys that can come in at right tackle because I was talking to some of the guys that we've had on the show before that cover the Kansas City Chiefs. Where people are losing their minds is they don't know what's going to happen at left tackle. So there's those ones there, but look, I think. No matter what happens in free agency, we always know there's going to be people, and we can look at it on online when this does happen, there's going to be people that are going to go crazy. Like No matter what Ryan Poles does, I don't think there's going to be a consensus of people saying, he did a really good job in free agency or he did a really bad job in free agency. We all killed the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, and their free agent class from last year actually looks pretty good because a lot of them were key producers for them one of their signings last year which was in wave two really when they signed evan ingram and he now got the franchise tag that's kind of what you're looking for but one or two of your higher profile guys at least are productive for you and you hit on one or two of the guys that actually you didn't spend a massive amount of money on and they force you to pay them in the following year that's the ideal situation and you like I always say the best types of free agent signings are the guys like Akeem Hicks, where you didn't expect them to be your big money guys. You get them in wave two or wave three of free agency, even when you had a bunch of money to spend. And it's, they end up being kind of one of the better guys in that class because he was remember, he was brought in the same year that Danny Trevathan was brought in. I think they got Willie. Did they get Willie Young in the same the same year, and they got the other inside linebacker that got he got suspended for some reason. And Jarrell, he, Freeman. Jarrell Freeman, that's it. Where he had all these big tackles, but he came in the same one. And then when you look at it, really, he I think Hicks got paid something like five and a half million or something like that over two years when he first came in, and it was between the Bears and the Lions. 
he turned out to be him and Danny Trevathan were key cogs for that Bears team in in 2018 that actually made the playoffs, right? And loads of people fell in love with him, and that's what you want this year. You do want to get those big signings that are going to help your team, but at the same time, you're going to get one or two guys that maybe we don't expect right now that's going to be a massive impact for this team, but they bring them in wave two, wave three, maybe pay them like six or seven million dollars, and they turn out to be actually one of your better signings. And just looking, just sorry, lads, I said the question. We saw Hargrave's name pop up there earlier. And obviously, I think he's a fantastic player. But he's a player who's obviously a little older and he's going to cost you a lot. So how do people feel if the Bears do splash the cash on Hargrave, considering we're probably not going to challenge for maybe two years, three years? Is it worth bringing someone like that in for big money now if you don't feel like like you're not making that step up anyway as a team because everywhere else it still has holes? Is it still worth bringing someone like that in, or is it worth bringing him in and maybe getting someone younger in beside him to kind of learn from him for a couple I'm, of years? Like, how do people feel about I'm making pe- a, a big splash going, like that with a player? I, I'm going to be honest, and, and you can you can come in on this. I'm like, I want quality players along the defensive line and offensive line. I don't care that Javon Hargrave is going to be 31. What you do is you sign him to like a three year deal and you front load a bunch of that money to the first two years of that contract. If you want to then go get a younger guy, if you want to get like a Zach Allen, or if you want to draft a guy in like the second round to play alongside, I think that's perfectly fine. There's so many good players in this upcoming draft at three tech at nose tackle at many different options along this defensive line. I'd be like, if they sign Hargrave and they give him a bunch of money, I'm not going to complain because I think he's a really, really good player. And I think people are underestimating just how good he is. Sorry about that, Anthony. Do you want to come in? Yeah, you take you I've totally echo what you just said because there's certain positions, and no, it's a very good question, man. But there's certain positions that you you want to get quality in there. And you we badly need leaders. We badly need leaders in our defensive side of the football. Um and we let we let go Quinn, we let go uh, Roquan rightly in both occasions, by the way, before a Baltimore Ravens guy has another plot of me, but we were correct. Um Fuck the Ravens. And in that <laughs> Fuck the fucking dumpster fire. Um, but for me, I just think I'm flipping that up by the way. <laughs> Please do. Um, for me, I think Harry is a smart move. Exactly what Karen just said. If you do the first two years and you give him all the money in, and then you go and draft a guy in in a second round, third round that can learn off him and sit with him there, looking to go through. I think there's there's also other avenues. The reason what the the youth part is where I'm thinking almost on our offensive line rather than our defensive line that they may want to go someone like a Ben Powers as I've been jumping up and down about at left at left guard or then you look at at somebody then to try and grow within within a group because people keep forgetting about this with the offensive line especially it's a group it's the whole group together it's who fits well with Tevin Jenkins if that's what if we're convinced Tevin Jenkins is our right guard who fits well with him. And what does that look like? And I think that's got to be taken into into consideration within this. But it's look, it's first of all, before we go any further, isn't it great that we're able to have this conversation about the money that we have that we're gonna go out and do this next? Because my God, the two years, three years we've been doing this, that we've had to listen to, oh, we've got a fourth rounder this year because Ryan Pace gave up 400 picks to go get Mitch, and it's still going back to bite us. This is a great conversation to be had. So if, if Bears fans don't enjoy the next couple of months, then I worry about you mentally. It's fucking mint. 
<laughs> Can I just point something out here? Because uh, I just saw a comment that made me chuckle very hard. The Panthers previously turned down two first-round picks and some other stuff for Brian Burns. They're not going to give up Brian Burns plus number nine, 39, 39-61, and a pick from 2024. Can we just if, stop if making that if, happen? Tony's Wi-Fi has obviously gone crazy. Like, re- realistically, what I think is if you are doing it, I mean, I, personally, I think if the Bears trade down with the Panthers, I don't think there's going to be a player involved no. in that trade. If Not they do involve a player, I think the only legitimate one that we can actually talk about is probably DJ Moore. I, I, I don't even think that that's the case. I don't, they, they wanted a first round pick for him. So I personally don't see that happening. Um, I know there's been changes and everything over in, in Carolina, but I still, I can't see Brian Burns getting dealt. And really you have to look at it as, yes, it would be ideal for the Bears, but is it something that Ryan Poles would be willing to then sacrifice a first round pick and not getting one of those to get a guy like that? I don't know. I think he wants his own to bring in his own guys. And that's why I think he just, that I think that's why it hasn't been done yet because I think he knows that there's multiple teams that are willing to give up draft compensation. And he's probably going to each of them being like, I've been offered this by this team. They want your guy. Give us, this as well and i think he's just going to keep going i think that a deal probably gets done i won't be shocked if a deal gets done on monday right before free agency well the tampering period technically opens because i think they'll want to try and force people's hands but at the same time i think ryan poles wants to know where he's going to be in the draft so he knows where he actually wants to spend this money because if he's in between different guys and who they're going to spend this on I think that's where that's where it is advantageous to have a deal done already, or at least know who you're realistically going to be doing this deal with. It may not officially be done, but if you know it's likely going to be the Panthers and you're likely going to be at nine, I think that's one where it kind of makes sense. Even them or the Titans, like nine and 12, it's not a massive difference between the two. But if you know, well, both of these teams have already offered a first rounder from 2024, a first rounder from 2025 and, second round picks those years as well well then i think you can kind of rest easy with the type of players that you do want to target in free agency yeah and i think it's you made that interesting point there about polls wanting to bring his own guys in as well because and this goes back to the whole free agency um point as well and people are and whether people will get annoyed over what players are signed because end of the day i think maybe it's just us as bears fans i don't know but I feel we get too precious over our own players that we've got at the moment. It's like, well, we've got this guy and I will never give up on him and move on to someone else. And it's like, well, actually, you could probably, you know, you could better the position or whatever, you know, like, and it's like, we don't need a corner because I've got this guy. It's like, well, actually, we do need another corner because at the moment there's Kendall Vildor playing at the other side, you know, um, so and then it's nothing against any draft picks that came in last year. We do need another corner. Um, you know, there's questions over Jalen Johnson. Is he going to get re-signed? Does Poles like him? I don't know. Like, I'm assuming he does. Do you know what I mean? But we, we don't know. So if they, if they sign like a guy like Dean or someone else in, in free agency, it shouldn't really be a shock, um, to be honest with you. And we, we, we can't get too pissed off because at the end of the day, not, a lot of these guys weren't Poles as signings. Um, and also, if you, if you can make your position better, 
and you do it. It's the whole David Montgomery thing. It's like, and I, I, I love David Montgomery. I think he's great, okay. But again, he's a running back and we can replace him. So when, if people lose their shit over them not signing them or re-signing them or giving them a ridiculous amount of money, then there's a reason for that. You know, the, the, these things that don't, you get, we can't be homers all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we, you, ha- you have to be smart and, and you have to build your, your team and your franchise to last and to be sustainable. Um, and that that's a sort of big thing for me when it comes to, like, own players and all that kind of thing. But I just wanted to throw that that point in um, when you'd mentioned uh, cornerback possibilities. The other thing as well, though, Tony, is that Poles has shown that he's not a homer. The first thing he did is he got rid of Khalil Mack. Next thing he did, he got rid of Ro- uh, um, Robert Quinn. Next thing he did, he got rid of Roquan Smith. We, if memory serves me right, we got rid of Roquan after we'd won a game. I think we were 2-1 and one or Three, three, I can't remember what it was, two or two, whatever it was. Like they were, like it started well. We won, we we won our, our first game of the season, and he still got rid of Roquan, or got rid of uh, Robert Quinn. So he's shown that he is that. He's shown how, how he handled the Roquan Smith scenario, and he's showing it how he's handling the David Montgomery scenario as well. Because other other leaders in the past may have gone and and got given the, the buttload to to David Montgomery, um, and I think he's proven that to be right. And it's great that we have somebody who I feel. Is taking it rather than a fan's perspective. So everyone knows on the show how much I love David Montgomery and how much I was desperate for him to sign back. But that's because I'm a fan rather than what's good for the Chicago Bears. It's because I like him as a person and I like him on on, on our team. And I think he he's, he represents something great for our team. But that's not the decision that's going to improve the Chicago Bears potentially. And that's what the GM's job is. And that's why he is making it. And the point you made at the very start, and Jeff made it as well at the very start of the show, is you've missed the show and you're only coming on now. Listen to the first half an hour, go back and listen to it. But Jeff said this is going to be Ryan Poles' decisions. It's a Ryan Poles' mm-hmm. decisions to make. And that is so important. That, And that's why the, the Bobby O'Karake, did I get that right two times in a row? You did. Oh, come on. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, Andy. No, don't be doing that. More. What? Who is, who is the pass rusher from the Indianapolis Colts that Tony did a video of? Yannick Nagekwe. It got closer than the one that he did before. It's better. Yannick, right? Yannick N. Um, <laughs> actually, on him, there's an example right there of why I think they're worried about, about they, like, they won't go and get him. Because of what happens with weird calls and calls. Yes, hopefully that doesn't happen. But it's it's just the idea, I think, and it's all polls as guys, is what makes your point really more a case of if you're looking at free agency and who the Bears are going to be going, I, re- <laughs> I really think you need to follow the, the, the people who've been connected to polls and Cunningham. They're the people you need to keep an eye on. If you've been connected to either of those two guys, then I think you've got a real good chance of getting through and getting them in, into the Hallis Hall, Hall doors come next week okay so before we end the show obviously we've done a lot of free agency talk here today and i think it is going to be an important one to be able to look at over the coming days because there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be coming up a few storylines that have, have happened is and something that we were told as well in terms of the interest was there we spoke to kind of nathan yesterday as well kind of or not yesterday, Monday, talking a lot about Paris Johnson Jr. Um, And then it comes out today that the Bears are bringing him in for a one of those kind of top 40 visits or top 30 visits, but also 
the fact that they are also scheduled to meet with him before his pro day as well. So the Bears clearly are doing a lot of homework on a guy like Paris Johnson Jr., which again makes you think maybe they are going to be one of the going to be one of those teams that kind of moves down to, and he could be one of those guys that's in that group of, I guess seven that polls has mentioned as well. So that's one of the things. But the two things I just want to get everybody's opinions on just before we go, um, and I agree. I think Paris Johnson Jr. I said it all along he's the number one tackle for me, um, in terms of this, in terms of this draft. I like him a lot. In terms of you're looking at him as like a left tackle, right? Like if you're looking at some of the other guys, I, I there's some guys that are out there that are really, really talented tackles, but I project more on the right side. Um, but for me, Paris Johnson Jr., if you're drafting him in the top 10, you're drafting him to be your left tackle. And that's, that's where I see it right now. But the two other stories here, one of them has been obviously the craziness surrounding Lamar Jackson. Um, obviously, this could not dictate stuff for the Bears, but dictating a lot that goes around the league. And it's that's kind of been a, a weird story yesterday from Daniel Jones getting 160 million to now nobody seeming to want to trade for Lamar Jackson, who was a previous MVP and for whatever reason isn't going up for, for getting him. The fact that there's not one team that seems to be engaged is, is kind of weird. But I'm going to set Ant up here on this last kind of main topic here. Our good old friend seems to be going to New York. And I put a tweet out here, and I want people to put it in the chat and what they think is funnier. Do they think it's funnier that the Packer fans believe that they're going to get two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers? Or, sorry, Karen Rodgers, as Anthony likes to say. Or four first-round picks, as, as you have said, Ant, that some people have mentioned on Twitter. Or do, they, or do you think it's funnier that some Packer fans believe that already Jordan Love is, I guess, a Pro Bowl-level quarterback? Some have said that he's the best quarterback in the NFC North right now, even though I think his main accomplishment, accomplishments have been some very impressive incompletions when he has played. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and just because I know you're such a big fan of Mr. Rogers that he loves his kind of his black spaces and doesn't want to be, doesn't want any lights around where he is. I'm going to let you kind of dictate this last topic of conversation and let everybody know how you feel about yeah. Karen Rogers. Go ahead. Take the yeah. floor. Yeah. For First of all, Karen is going to decide to announce this on McAfee just before the draft. Does everyone be aware of that? It's not going to happen until then. No, it'll the be break. like a minute before the after free drama. agency or something. Yeah, when can when can the biggest drama be done? And he'll be ringing McAfee, and McAfee will be wetting himself to get him on the show, and there'll be a big drama about it. Absolute rubbish. Um, first of all. The only team that I could see giving stupid drafts to Green Bay would be the Jets. Uh, I just, I just think that they would. I, I read somewhere that they're, it's, it's Rogers thinking it's either the Jets or I retire. Now, what's the best for everybody? The most funniest scenario. Oh, retiring <laughs> all day long, right? Absolutely all day long, because then Green Bay get nothing. They end up just sitting there and having to pay him forty million next year, 
or alternatively, he just sticks around Green Bay. And then they pay, they put Jordan Love or whatever it is. Jordan Love, Asher, look, he's a nice guy, is the best thing you could say about Jordan Love. Um, they're the, the reek of desperation on the Green Bay Packers Twitter scenario. The absolute praying to God that Jordan Love is the hero is just insane. Um, I, I find it brilliant. I remember having a conversation a long time ago with, with uh, Ozzy, Ozzy in Australia, heads up Ozzy. And I remember Ozzy said around, it must have been around a year ago now, he said, Karen Rogers is going to screw the Green Bay Packers before he leaves. He just is. That's the kind of person he is. And I, it, it's, it's been in my mind the last few days when I'm seeing all this stuff with the black room and all that crap. I just think it's, it's going to be interesting. Either way, it's not going to end well up in Cheeseland. And I'm all for that all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I I, me- I mentioned it just in in the little um, in the chat here. All the Green Bay Packers fans need to do is look at what has happened to the New England Patriots post Tom Brady. Like, you can't just assume the next quarterback is going to work. It's the same thing with Indy, right? They went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and then after Andrew Luck, they haven't been able to fix it. Right? That's where I like Bears fans that come out and say, "Oh, but what if?" Uh, Jordan Love is the next savior. And I'm like, if he was that, and when Aaron Rodgers was injured last year, he would have played and he would have not been taken that back out again. Because even if, and this is what makes this even funnier, and if Rodgers does go to Green Bay, I actually don't hope that Jordan Love sucks this year. I hope he show. I hope they struggle. I hope they win these like crappy games, but he shows them something because they have to pay him. Because he's coming towards the end of that rookie contract. I want them to have to go to a Daniel Jones situation where they have to pay a guy that really has the same sort of statistics as Mitch Trubisky did with Chicago and everybody wanted to kick him out of the place. That's what I'm hoping happens, where he's not bad enough to where they're definitely not just going to move on, but also he's not good enough for them to go anywhere. I think that that would be an ideal situation as a Bears fan. Can I follow up on that just for one other thing? I want the Green Bay Packers to become irrelevant. That's the goal because then, then it becomes the boogeyman off the door so that it becomes a situation where Bears fans aren't looking at the Green Bay Packers as that we, we have to win those games, we have to win those games. For me, we have a lot of stuff that we have to fix first. And I know I joke a lot about Karen, but my first instinct is Bears get Bears right and then everything mm-hmm. else will fall into place. Once we get to that point, we can we can look at everybody else in our division or whatever. And we need to do what the Detroit Lions do and build build it the last year the way they've done it to get to a point where they can now feel that they kick on. If they had a quarterback, they would do that as well. But they're they're right at that level. That's the way we need to look at because I think Green Bay's uh, scenario is is on the decline, which is that's the way sports teams go. And I think with Chicago Bears, and I know I'm jokingly obsessed with Karen, but what I really want to get to is where I'm not anymore. That it's just, it's just, it's just. You yeah. know, yeah, you know, and you then, always will be. He'll be retired, and you'll still be joking about him. And I, I we'll genuinely be watching every episode of McAfee about Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers. Karen. I genuinely don't. I don't care. I don't care. And I think we need to stop. We need to stop focusing on the Green Bay Packers and what they're doing. And who cares? Let's just focus on what we're doing and let's be better. And then just treat them like any other team because that's what they are. Or any other team, okay? So let's not give them a pedestal. Tony, Tony I have a question for you. Yeah. You know when Celtic play against Rangers, do you care about Rangers? 
No, they're very <laughs> <laughs> you all you will always slag off your rivals that's the way this but works can I, but, but can i go to the around do you think rain but do you think rangers care about celtic because you just said it because they're beneath celtic are have won so many games and all that kind of stuff they won so many leagues and rangers are below them when yeah. the team is at top for a period of time the teams below them become obsessed with that team that's just the way sports teams do it like in every sport you can look at, when the Yankees were winning everything in baseball, every other team want hated the Yankees want to beat them. When when the Bulls were winning in, in with the Lakers or the Bulls are winning in basketball, it's the exact same. It's the if that's why it makes it interesting with Minnesota and Detroit because we don't hate them. Why don't we hate them? Because they don't win that much. I'm just going to say this for everybody, right? When the 2023 season kicks off, all you need to do is put notifications on for Seth D. Conklin on Twitter and you will have a field day because it is the funniest thing you will see because he will just fight with Detroit Lions fans the entire day it is it is funny <laughs> as hell we are going to get live looks of Seth during the detroit game just because he, see him the, the beard will be gone his hair will be getting pulled out or if the bears actually kind of be on top he probably will whip his shirt off or something like I'll that he's gonna go crazy <laughs> but yeah look guys there's there's a lot of content coming up over the next couple of days obviously the main focus is going to be on kind of free agency coming up. We will have a couple of short videos for you guys and we'll have his video out with the guys that he spoke with over um, with the Minnesota Vikings. Cause he did one last week for the Detroit lions, did one this week for the Vikings. There's one coming up for the Packers as well. Kind of to see where they're at in terms of their off season. Cause obviously we focus more on the bears, not really kind of look into what their needs are until it probably gets closer to the draft. Or if they've made a signing that people are kind of talking about, that's you think that there's going to be a big impact. So check that out as well, because that's coming up probably within the next day or so. We'll be on the channel. There'll be a couple of other guys that we think maybe we haven't spoken too much about in terms of free agent signings. If there's anybody that you want us to do a quick video on over the next few days at, in preparation for free agency on Monday, um, please let us know. We will have some, some more videos coming up over the next couple of days. We are live um, on Monday, about an hour before free agency officially kind of kicks off. Well, the tampering period officially kicks off. We're going to have a lot of fun here. We're going to have, there's going to be hopefully a lot of breaking news sounders. We may even have a breaking news sounder of the Bears making a trade. So that could be one. Obviously, if they make a trade we'll over the weekend or, yeah, if anything like that happens, we Both will. Over that. We will cover it. We will cover it. <laughs> um but yeah look we appreciate everybody in in the comments like i said join us for those shows on monday on tuesday and on wednesday because they're going to be very very funny we are going to be inviting people on and if you want to have your thoughts when the bears make a signing or if a rival makes a signing or if they get a guy that you really want if you didn't want for the people that will be in the chat for those for those shows we will put a link in so people can come on and have their opinion so make sure that you do join us for that. If you aren't subscribed already, because there's still about 200 of you in the chat, please do subscribe. Um, please do like the video as well. I think we have 100 odd people that have liked the video already. We really appreciate all the comments, all the interaction 
follow all these guys over on Twitter. You can follow our podcast page over on at Irish Bear Show. If there's anything you want to see us cover over the next while, please do let us know because we'd be happy to do that. We make the content for you guys, things that you guys want to see. Look, it's been a lot of fun here today. We will be back very, very shortly. Our next live show will be on Monday, an hour before free agency. So make sure that you do stick with us. Make sure you join that and make sure you get it interactive with this show. And until next time, all we can say is bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.